Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. There is a war on Christian faith and religious liberty, and it's growing. Welcome to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today is Dr. Robert Pacienza. He's a senior pastor of Coleridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, home of D. James Kennedy Ministries. Welcome to today's Crosspoint, talking with Robert Pacienza. Now, Robert is the senior pastor there at Coleridge uh, Church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and uh, how long have you been there as the uh, the pastor, uh, Robert? Been, I've been senior pastor for seven years, but I actually grew up in this church, came to faith as a teenager. So I'm a son of the church that has uh, now answered the call to uh, lead it into, uh, you know, for the sake of the next generation. So you were there during when Dr. Kennedy was there then? Yeah, he was my spiritual father and became a, a mentor of mine, and uh, really was the first individual that came into my life that challenged me to pursue full-time vocational ministry. He did a good job of it, because here you are today. Great man, uh, and again, his work's proven because it lasts and is just as great today as it ever was, and uh, so thank you so much for uh, being one of those that picked up the torch of Dr. Kennedy, and continued the work there in Fort Lauderdale. We appreciate that. And the ministry there puts out a lot of different resources and information, uh, again, fighting for our nation, fighting for our freedoms, and also especially our religious liberty. And that's what we're going to be talking about, uh, a couple of different things. We have a video uh, called Intolerant that you've put out in a DVD, and, and uh, we're going to talk about that later. But first, you come up with the book, uh, Stealing Our Freedom, The Secular Assault on Our Religious Freedom. Uh, Robert, just from your standpoint, do the people in the world of Christianity really understand what's happening and uh, that the, the threat is real? Not at all, and we need to understand and be reminded that, first and foremost, the the ultimate message of the Church always needs to be the Gospel, the saving message of Jesus Christ, that through Christ alone uh, one can be saved and experience life to the full, both now and forever. But we also need to realize that that message can't be preached if religious freedom uh, is taken away from the Church and taken away from the people of God. So we need to understand the two parallel tracks of the Church— uh, we, we, can't, we can't continue to expand and advance the Great Commission and to, to take to the Gospel and to disciple the nations and to be the witnesses of Jesus to the very ends of the earth if we don't have the freedom to do so. And so I think sometimes when I hear Christians say, isn't it just the job of the Church to preach the Gospel and not worry about the cultural issues and religious freedom, I, I just go, that's such an ignorant statement and such an ignorant conclusion, uh, because you won't have the freedom in this nation to preach the gospel. You won't have the freedom in this nation to preach biblical truth if we see the continued assault on religious freedom. So we really need to understand it. Uh, there's a reason the Founding Fathers called this the first freedom or the first liberty, uh, because they understood that liberty in this nation, liberty for all, can exist uh, if freedom is assaulted and freedom is under the freedom of religion is under attack. What you say right in the foreword of the book, you said our ability to address this formidable challenge is dependent upon two factors. 
You said first, to human beings, we must unite around a commitment to human dignity and Christian tradition. Human dignity is secured by the doctrine of creation in which God made human beings in his image and likeness. And you said secondly, if we embrace these truths, we must uh, you know, gather around those things and be committed to settle our differences through reasoning and persuasion rather than identity politics or cohesive uh, force. Uh, these are, you believe, the two um, formidable challenges that depend upon the factor of our religious freedom? Absolutely. Our conscience is not bound by the state. It's not even bound by the church. It's bound by God uh, being created in his image. That is, that is the creation order uh, that, and the design of creation that uh, is the reason for human flourishing, uh, that uh, we believe that our conscience is bound ultimately to God, created in his image, and that, uh, that all people are equal because of not what we do and what we accomplish, but by who we are as image bearers of the Most High God. Uh, but then uh, as we talk about the importance of understanding that a, a free and flourishing society can only, only exist uh, if uh, religious liberty is upheld in any society. And, and it's not just a, this is not just something to, to be concerned about in America. This is something that all throughout history, it is not opinion, but it is fact that societies that have granted their people religious freedom and liberty and have embraced human beings as image bearers of God, uh, those societies flourish. Uh, those societies that go up against and assault religious freedom, or they, they um, assault the image of God in all people, those societies uh, perish and they end in chaos. Um, and we've been seeing it uh, in uh, you know the last two thousand years when the when the church has been under assault, and we're seeing it uh, really ramped up in uh, North America today. And you mentioned in here about the Reformation on page twelve of the book. You talk about how it shifted Christianity in Europe and eventually through the world. And you said although yeah. the Reformation prominently was known as a spiritual movement, it had great cultural ramifications as well. Um, do we need another Reformation type of a movement in this nation? 100%. And, you know, I always, with our people at Coral Ridge, make the distinction between a revival and a Reformation. And I'm all about revival. Um, a revival is a, a, a special awakening to the movement of God uh, in the midst of a people at a particular place and time. Uh, but I long for Reformation, uh, where the revival leads to widespread reform. That's what happened in the Reformation. It wasn't just a spiritual revival. It led to political, cultural, social transformation uh, throughout Western Europe and eventually the entire Western world. And so the reason I start with the Reformation is I really believe that when Martin Luther, the great reformer, stood before the state and said, my conscience is bound, here I stand, I can do no other, when he, when he was asked to recant by the state, um, I really believe that was the birth of religious freedom, modern religious freedom. Uh, ultimately, our religious freedom is grounded and, and rooted in the Word of God, but uh, you can easily trace um, uh, the, the, what the Reformers did in the 16th century, and that eventually spread throughout Western Europe, 
and then eventually uh, resulted in uh, the Judeo-Christian worldview and this emphasis on religious freedom making its way all the way over to the new continent and uh, being the uh, foundation for which American liberty was born. That, and that's really what the, you know, the patriots were fighting for. Uh, they were saying, no, we're not, our conscience isn't bound to a king over in England. Our conscience is bound to the king of kings and lord of lords. Um, so this whole idea of freedom of conscience and freedom of liberty uh, that we uh, that our, uh, our constitutional republic was founded upon can be traced all the way to the Protestant Reformation, and I think that's a, an important connection for us to make. You talk about that connection, Chapter Two: The Nation Built on Christian Principles, and you said what happens when biblical principles are applied towards building a nation. And then you talk about the Trinity decision, uh, where the Supreme Court did declare America as a Christian nation in 1992. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so I think there's certain, you know, landmark uh, decisions that the Supreme Court has made, you know, throughout history. And I think, you know, we, we not only emphasize that landmark case, but I think, you know, the, the times the Supreme Court has intervened, and they have declared um, that the Judeo-Christian worldview as the predominant worldview uh, in the founding of our nation, and that, you know, religious liberty being something that should be um, embraced uh, by our government, um, you, you've only seen flourishing happen as a result of that. I think the times the Supreme Court has uh, intervened and they've done, you know, the contrary, <laughs> they've, they've taken a contrary position, we should remove prayer from school, we should move Bible reading from school, or or, or any type of mention of a, um, you know, a creator in the design and the creation of the world, and instead only embrace an atheistic evolutionary theory, we've seen only chaos uh, result. That's kind of what I call the fatal fruit of some of the landmark decisions of the Supreme Court over the, the past few decades. But, um, you know, whether it was the, the Trinity case or other cases throughout history where religious freedom has been upheld and we have acknowledged that we are a, uh, a, a nation that was founded upon a Judeo-Christian worldview, um, you can only see the positive fruit that has come about it for uh, not only Christians, uh, but for people of faith everywhere and ultimately for the flourishing of a free society. Uh, you have contributing editors, uh, or, you know, uh, those columnists that have uh, contributed here in the book. Uh, chapter 5, The State of the Religious Liberty in Modern America. You address there, uh, pages 100, 101, uh, about the overthrowing of all liberty. You tell about, uh, well, we remember when President Trump was nominated, you talked about Russell Vaught, uh, you know, who was a Christian, but he was quizzed on being a Christian as part of his acceptance as to the position that he had, and, and you know, that resumed with uh, Bernie Sanders just throwing a fit, you know, that anybody would say that, you know, that the only Christian salvation was only true salvation, and, you know, wasn't qualified to serve, and then you go into there talking, which, you know, we see in our college campuses, uh, this free speech, but it's not really free speech unless we speak what they want us to speak, or anything else is considered, you know, intolerant. It's not going to work. Absolutely. and Yeah, it's uh, this is the new tolerance we're seeing with the uh, progressive left and the rise of secularism in our uh, society. Uh, if there's any... Um, 
impeaching any convictions, any um, positions that a uh, student or a student group takes on a secular college campus uh, that is faithful to God's Word, uh, whether it's concerning gender and sexuality or marriage and family or, you know, the idea of that uh, the world was uh, created by a chief designer and, and not uh, through the Big Bang and uh, atheistic evolutionary theory, uh, they're deemed, um, that's deemed hate speech. Uh, it's deemed intolerant. So this is the new tolerance that we're facing. Uh, so as much as uh, these uh, secular college campuses and secular college professors uh, want to claim that they are free and open and that our college campuses are uh, free places for debate and uh, open thinking. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's free and open and uh, a safe place for people that have anti-Christian uh, or anti or hold to an anti-Judeo-Christian worldview, but it's certainly not a safe place uh, for Christians to be uh, outspoken about what they believe and uh, are able to uh, flourish in a way that they're able to be faithful to God, uh, but also uh, live in a uh, civil atmosphere or a civil environment, um, you know, in our uh, cultural moment. Well, and you talk about in here, page 106 of the book, they're talking about how the attacks on our American school system, you know, and today it says today instead of being taught values and compassionate Christian uh, belief, Judeo beliefs, American school children are being taught to honor the God of sexual liberty rather than the biblical creator of God's American founders, which our founders would just, you know, <laughs> they would not to tolerate this at all, uh, but yet they're taught in our schools that they would, and uh, you're seeing a tremendous movement of people wanting to get out of the public education field, uh, more into the Christian education field, and so with these things happening, uh, you know, what what is this going to end up doing? Is this going to force a lot of the Christians out of our public uh, educational systems? Absolutely, and uh, unfortunately, uh, because Christians have been uh, asleep at the wheel for the last hundred years, uh, you know they've really missed the opportunity to do something about it. Because this is not something that happened overnight. Uh, you, you you go back to the beginning of the 20th century, and you see the development of the public school system in America and how it was taken over by secular humanists. I mean, they are on record, uh, secular humanists uh, in this nation uh, as early as the 1930s, talking about how we are going to indoctrinate the next generation uh, with secular, humanistic, atheistic uh, ideas um, that, you know, will, uh, you know, go into effect and uh, make sure that every subject matter, every topic taught to our uh, students are not uh, from a position of uh, helping them understand multiple theories of how the world came to be or uh, who designed them or, or where we came from, but instead uh, from a purely atheistic, secular, humanistic uh, perspective. So this has been something that's happened, been happening for 100-plus years in our nation. And then if you even go back beyond that, uh, when you think of the Marxist revolution, uh, it was Karl Marx who was the one that was on record saying that if we're going to ensure that Marxist theory... Uh, 
wins the day, uh, we need to first attack the family, and then we need to take over the educational system. And that's exactly what we see happening today in the 21st century. Parents have no rights. We have a secretary of education right now as a part of the Biden administration that is that has said, I think, just about two or three months ago, uh, that teachers, not parents, know what's best for the student. So when you have a sec- the Secretary of Education uh, publicly making this declaration, you, you begin to see the fatal fruit of Marxist theory uh, going back 150 years ago and the secular humanist uh, movement in America and how it infiltrated the public school system uh, in the 1930s. And now we're paying, uh, paying the price for it. And all along, Christians have been saying, it's not that bad. We shouldn't really uh, be worried about what's happening politically socially and culturally, and uh, we really have no one to blame but ourselves. And I think you're right. We are in a position now uh, where we need to take a hard look. I personally don't think uh, for Christian families that public schools should even be an option. I think we need to take a hard look at our Christian day schools. I think we need to take a hard look at what's happening in the homeschool movement and really see those, too, as the, um, the, the only options for our families. And I know some might hear that and say, well, I can't afford uh, Christian day school, or it's not reasonable to do homeschool, you know, in, you know, if I'm a single parent or whatever your uh, position might be in life or your situation might be in life. And that's, I think, where the church needs to step up and say, how do we make Christian day school affordable for, for all? How do we make, you know, for our covenant families? Uh, because uh, sending our students away to public school is sending them away to uh, Marxist indoctrination centers. That is mandated by the federal government. The federal government is mandating public schools to indoctrinate the next generation with Marxist ideology and uh, and uh, information that comes directly from the textbooks of secular humanists. And and enough Christians need to stand up and say we're going to fight for the minds of the next generation, even if it means financial sacrifice to ensure that all of the children in our Christian church uh, and in our Christian communities uh, are are taken out of the public school system and put in places where uh, they can be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Well, folks, stay with us. We're going to have more right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Never miss your favorite show again. For more than 30 years, KNEO has been bringing you great Bible teachers on a local and national level. And now we've made it easier than ever to hear from these great men and women of God. KNEO's entire lineup is now available to listen anytime, anywhere through our website. Go to KNEO.org slash podcast to see all the options. You can search for programs alphabetically, or you can select individual categories like culture, kids, leadership, or music. We even have a category just for locally produced programs, so you can hear from pastors and spiritual leaders located right here in the four-state area. And... All these resources are absolutely free. Kaneo's mission is to get God's Word in front of you, and this is one of the ways we do it. Give it a try today. Go to kaneo.org and click on the podcast tab to get started. Well, for me today here on Crossbone, I have uh, 
Robert Pacienza. Now, he's the uh, lead pastor down there at Coleridge Ministries, but he also oversees the D. James Kennedy Ministries there as well and helps with that. We're talking today about stealing freedom, the secular assault on our religious liberty. Well, Robert, if uh, people want to know how they can get a, a massive amount of resources which can really help them uh, from the ministry there and know more about this book as well, how would they go about doing that? Our ministry and our website, named after our founder, D. James Kennedy, you can simply go to djameskennedy.org. That's djameskennedy.org. And on that website, you can find all of our books, all of our DVDs, all of our documentaries, our television specials, and all upcoming events. That's djameskennedy.org, where we're helping Christians everywhere. How do you take biblical truth and apply it to this cultural moment? So go to djameskennedy.org to find all of those resources. Now, in the book here, you talk about, and I'm going to kind of jump a few pages here, but page 86, you said, most Americans no longer understand the true meaning and the importance of religious liberty, which is declining in modern America. And I know some people won't understand that, but we address that there at the first of the program. But then to one of the biggest challenges, I think, uh, you address here in the book of something that we're really in our face is this clash, and you talk about it in Chapter 6, the clash between religious liberty and the LGBTQ+, and whatever else goes along with that. And you say there, for the Christian, the issues of gender and pronouns must not be mere, uh, you know, Semitic disputes. Uh, the very nature and the truth of God's design is at stake. Now, you talk on the other page, you said, a conscientious Christian cannot simply go along to get along. Christians are bound by God's command not to bear false witness. They cannot join with Satan, the father of lies, referring to a biological male as a she or a biological female as a he. It's a false witness. I don't think people realize that stuff, but that is very, very true. Absolutely. We need to understand that. We, I mean, like anything, this is, this is common sense logic. Uh, when, when, you, when you live contrary to the design of anything, well, if there is a chief designer uh, and you live contrary to that design, what can you expect? Chaos. Everything will fall apart. We're talking about the chief of chiefs, <laughs> of designers, uh, being God himself, the one who designed the world, the one who designed humanity, the one who designed gender and sexuality, the one who designed marriage and family, uh, and, and parents to be the foundational sphere of a flourishing society as the one who would raise up the next generation, not the state, but the parents. So what do we expect? I tell our congregation all the time here in Fort Lauderdale, uh, when, when we live contrary to God's design, in our society, we can only expect chaos. And I want to shout from the rooftops, do you think we're experiencing flourishing in this nation or chaos in this nation? Um, You don't even have to be a believer to recognize that we are experiencing absolute chaos and division in our nation. And it will only come back when Christians wake up and say, the reason we're experiencing this chaos and this floundering as a society is because Christians have been asleep at the wheel, and they have been missing from the public square. 
Um, and we've got to refuse in our businesses not to embrace this, uh, what I call, uh, you know, uh, parade of pronouns, uh, where, you know, we need Christian business leaders to stand up and say, no, not on our watch. Uh, we're not going to embrace the, uh, the, the diversity and equality uh, trainings uh, that, uh, you know, tell, force uh, these federal mandates and these, uh, the, these I- ideas that uh, we have to embrace uh, gender fluidity in our society. Uh, no, we're not going to be silent when we see the federal government overreaching and, uh, you know, keeping parents from having a say on what their children as early of, as five, six, seven years old, uh, that parents can no longer have a say to what their children are learning concerning gender or sexuality. Um, so we need, and, and we need to understand that the only way that America is going to experience revival that leads to reformation, as we talked in the earlier segment, is if Christians wake up and they talk about the importance of having a voice in the public square, that their conscience is no longer bound, uh, and that they realize that we have the answer. The Church of Jesus Christ always has and always will have the answer for the hope that this world desperately needs. And I can't think of another time uh, recently where uh, the, the uh, America is in need of hope. It's in need of revival. And the church has the answer, but it's, it's not going to deliver that answer if we uh, continue to remain silent and keep our faith private. Now, in the back of the book there, in chapter 7, uh, you talk about some of the things that are going on with people's lives that are caught in these battles that they're fighting uh, for their different causes, uh, for their way of life and their Christian businesses, public schools. And uh, you say there on the last page, 134, you say, Christians can pray, we can appeal to heaven, much as Americans have done since the founding, exercising a freedom which no court or government can take away from us. And then you go to l- there and you list a lot of legal Christian legal groups that are fighting in the courts, and you urge people to visit their websites to learn more because they may need these uh, people to stand with them and help them uh, very soon. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the things I'm grateful to my founder uh, and founding pastor for and, and mentor D. James Kennedy, amongst others, uh, from his generation, many of his colleagues, uh, they, they really answered the call in their generation to start some of these groups. Uh, Dr. Kennedy was instrumental in founding one of the uh, ministries that we list there in the back of the book, Alliance Defending Freedom, an alliance of Christian attorneys all across North America that will come to the defense of churches, Christian nonprofits, and Christian business owners across North America to help defend their uh, their cases in a court of law when they believe that their religious freedom uh, is being uh, challenged and and, uh, and and taken away, uh, their ability to operate their business according to their values uh, that are informed by the infallible Word of God. And so, um, yeah, we, we wanted uh, that to be a practical touch in the uh, book, uh, to let uh, Christian politicians, Christian business leaders, pastors, ministry leaders uh, that wonder, you know, would anybody come to our aid? Would anybody come to our defense if we actually go public with what we believe? And uh, we, we, we want to be a ministry that is not only helping to inform and resource, but also helping uh, Christians everywhere uh, defend their religious liberty. want to shift gears a little bit to this DVD, Intolerant, uh, this war on religious liberty. It's continuing there. But here, you know, you could put this in a, a small group. Uh, you could also use this as a Sunday school uh, tool 
you know, I'd say show it to the whole church uh, of what's going on. And you talk about different cases that are on this and also how to uh, address these different issues on this war. Uh, but a sec- aggressive secularism is definitely on the rise. Doesn't this intolerance, though, undermine our American Constitution is what it's basically doing so that we lose our rights through there? Absolutely. Our, our founders understood that without the freedom of religion, uh, the liberty that they fought for um, against the greatest superpower the world had ever seen at the time, uh, the, the British monarchy, that, that without it, this constitutional republic will fall and it will crumble. Uh, they understood that it was for a religious and moral people, as John Adams said. And so um, we need to understand that the secular left gets that as well. Make no mistake that they realize that if we can take away religious freedom, particularly the, uh, the ideas that have made this country great, that are based and rooted in a Judeo-Christian worldview, uh, the secular left understands we need to undermine that foundation at all costs in order for secularism to advance. Yeah. The Marxists understood it 150 years ago. The secular humanists understood it in the early 20th century here in North America. And the aggressive agenda that we're seeing in the 21st century, uh, you know, whether it's in Washington, D.C., or the state houses across North America, in the mainstream media, social media, big tech, uh, big pharma, whatever it might be, um, education, uh, certainly in the public school system and our uh, secular college campuses, uh, they understand that. We've got to uh, take away these freedoms, take away this foundation, but that first freedom overall, that that freedom of religious liberty, uh, which is, uh, and there's a reason it's put right there at the First Amendment of our Constitution. We take that away, uh, then then we can see the advancement of uh, this new wave of secularism and cultural Marxism really begin to take hold uh, in our nation. Okay, so you mentioned the First Amendment. You do that in this video, Intolerant. And then you also mentioned in there about why is religious intolerance such a big problem to so many. Well, religious intolerance, in a way, is is not quite, but Christian intolerance, that's what they're after, are they not? Isn't it the Christian faith? That's what they're targeting, not the other faiths, but the Christian faith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the government and uh, mainstream media and the educational system is not targeting Islam. They're not ta- targeting Hinduism. Uh, they're they're not ta- uh, tackling any of the you know the the new wave of uh, religions that would fall under the category of New Age spirituality. They are they've got their target squarely on historic Orthodox Christianity uh, because it was. Christianity that uh, was foundational in establishing the Constitutional Republic 250 years ago. Uh, it's it's Christianity that has brought about the greatest uh, advancements, uh, you know, not only for the Church, uh, but for all people, and they understand that it's the Christians that are fighting these battles uh, to uh, protect the teaching on creation, to, to teach uh, that 
there are only two genders, male and female, uh, to protect uh, the idea that parents are the uh, are the core of the family and the chief ones that should be uh, discipling and mentoring and um, uh, you know overseeing what their children are absorbing and learning. Uh, they realize that that's all coming out of the church. That's all coming out of Christianity. Always has and continues to do so today. And so, if we can silence Christians, punish them for being outspoken. That I mean that we've seen that in droves over the last three years with this uh, new wave of cancel culture. Um, if you're a Christian and you're outspoken concerning gender, sexuality, marriage, freedom, uh, marriage and family, creation, finance, politics, whatever it might be, uh, you, you will be silenced, punished, and ultimately canceled and shamed uh, for holding to a Christian worldview uh, in uh, the public square of ideas today. And so we need Christians that push back, understand the assault, and understand that they are being targeted uh, so that they can ultimately be silenced and punished. And uh, it's all it's all fear tactics. How can we how can we fear? You know, how can we scare the Christians enough so they just go away? So that our advancement of secularism really just overtakes this nation and overtakes ultimately the next generation. And it's sad to say that some people do get scared away and they do back off when they need to stand and fight. So, folks, stay with us. We're going to have more of this right after this message. On purpose, with a purpose. For a purpose. To get God's truths into their lives. Share God's love with people who need encouragement. You get the truth of God out there and it resounds and it resonates. 91.7 The Word. There's amazing things in people's lives. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor, your host. Today we're talking with Robert Pacienza. He's a senior pastor there at Coral Ridge Ministries in Fort Lauderdale, Florida also with D. James Kennedy Ministries. And there's a lot of people that work with you there that help you in uh, gathering information. And today we're talking about a book entitled Stealing Your Freedom and also a video, Intolerant, uh, The War on Religious Liberty. So if people want to know about how to get these resources like what we're talking about today, how would they go about doing that, Rob? Yeah, simply go to djameskennedy.org. You can uh, find the books, the DVDs, the documentary specials, our uh, weekly television program, and a number of resources. But uh, the resources we're talking about in particular today, Stealing Freedom and Intolerant, can be found at djameskennedy.org. Okay, so I like one thing that you talk about, and and people really need to recognize who the real enemy is. I mean, we know we've got enemies out here fighting against us. It's got flesh on them. But the whole background of whole, all of this is the enemy a lot of times that we don't see. This is really kind of an open attack of a demonic nature upon the Christian faith, is it not? Absolutely. And that's, that's really what I believe will give the Church a sense of urgency in the 21st century. I am often telling our congregation that this is not a battle of flesh and blood. Never has been, never will be. If it's just a, if it's just a battle of flesh and blood and it's mere politics, then, then really our arguments and our case that we're trying to make in the 21st century in this cultural moment is merely subjective. It's just who can argue the loudest, who has the best talking points. But if we realize this is a spiritual battle, 
we realize that, one, we have Jesus Christ on our side that promises to build his church, and even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, we have the Apostle Paul telling us that we fight this battle with the, with the sword of the Spirit, uh, which is the very Word of God. And ultimately, we fight our battle on our knees, and we re- recognize that it is going to be the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit uh, that moves uh, amongst the Church, amongst the Bride of Christ, uh, in uh, the 21st century that will ultimately wake us up, empower us, give us the resources, the wisdom, and the power uh, to fight this good fight, because the devil would love nothing more uh, than the Church to be silent, to the Church to think that they lost the battle, and to see another generation just get swept up by the cultural winds of our time. Um, And so we need to realize that the stakes are high, much higher uh, than anything we see um, in the flesh, but understanding that this is a demonic war uh, against our children, against the next generation, and we need to be armed uh, for the battle with the tools that Jesus has provided his church. You know, and this is really a type of a socialistic type of movement, and it's a movement to change the culture. I believe that, you know, if Christianity could be removed, and that's what they want to do out of America, this is really a remake for a new world order, and this is what they're trying to attempt to accomplish from all this happening. Is that kind of along the lines of what is going on really behind the scenes? Absolutely. If, if churches could just be a place you gather on Sunday morning, maybe just, uh, I'm sure they would love to just see them as, uh, you know, private social clubs where uh, Christians gather together, but there's no real influence beyond Sunday morning or beyond uh, weekend worship. And really the New World Order uh, becomes the uh, pr- predominant force um, in our government and our educational systems and the mainstream media. Um, that That's really what we're up against uh, right now. Uh, you really have one party driving. Uh, you have a one-party system uh, in uh, the media. You have a one-party system in education. You have a one-party system in some state legislatures across America. Uh, you know, you look at California and New York. Um, no longer do you have a two-party system. No longer is there this sense of civility. No longer is this sense of an open public square uh, where, you know, people of faith, especially Christians, are welcome to bring their ideas. Um, and it's all about a totalitarian takeover uh, by which secular humanism and Marxist ideas uh, really rule the day and ultimately win over the culture. And uh, then, you know, ultimately you'll see the demise of uh, a nation that was founded upon a Judeo-Christian worldview to a nation that I fear would be unrecognizable. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about on that video, you know, that people need to stand up no matter what happens and push back of what's going on here in our nation. But you also talked about that Jesus didn't have it so easy either, did he? Not at all. He was an enemy to the state. Uh, I I call Rome often the first uh, cancel culture. Uh, They were doing everything possible to extinguish Christianity, to cancel Christianity, uh, and this movement that was spreading like wildfire across, um, you know, the known world at the time. And uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, there's nothing new under the sun, as Solomon tells us. Uh, We need to have a long view of history. But because we have the early church 
Jesus and the apostles, namely, to look back upon and see what they went through against Roman persecution, um, that actually gives me hope. Uh, you know, I often hear people today say, this is the worst time to be alive as a Christian. I said, well, let's go back and look at Daniel <laughs> at the, you know, in the midst of uh, Nebuchadnezzar's uh, rule and reign during the Babylonian captivity. Let's look at Jesus and Peter and Paul and the early church under Roman persecution and domination. Um, Christians throughout history have always faced some type of opposition and persecution. And the hope I have is when the church has been vocal and public, and they have stood firm in, on the biblical truths and the promises of the gospel, the church has prevailed. The greatest empires have come and they have gone, but the church continues to stand. And so we need to take our cues from history and recognize when the church has remained silent, like 1934 Germany, uh, when the silence of the national German church was silent and they were complicit to Adolf Hitler's takeover, we see what happens. But when the church is bold and public and, and courageous concerning their faith, as it was in the Reformation and as it was in the early church, we see the church is a prevailing church, even prevailing against the very gates of hell. So Christians need to uh, have hope, uh, but we need to be courageous and very public about our faith in the 21st century. Now, you mentioned a lot of things in this video, Intolerant, and uh, talk about maybe how COVID was a great way to handcuff the church and maybe people in general and then, you know, the great overreach that we've seen by the federal government uh, into people's lives, into the church, uh, especially in places like, well, America was bad enough, but look at Canada of how they're treating the pastors up there now with imprisonment uh, all over this because you won't do what we say. Absolutely. Yeah, if you don't uh, abide by the uh, government's mandates concerning COVID, uh, if you do not, uh, if you uh, preach a sermon in Canada uh, uh, that upholds and affirms God's design for gender and sexuality, you preach out against homosexuality, uh, you can be imprisoned. Um, so this is not something that, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, overreacting about as Christians. Uh, we're seeing this happen. We're seeing it happen. Uh, you, you can't even protest, uh, you know, for the sanctity of human life over in the United Kingdom without getting fined or maybe even arrested. This is happening in real time in Western Europe, in Canada, and just a matter of time, if Christians do not wake up and take a stand, uh, we'll begin to see it happen here in North America. We're not only seeing uh, in North America right now the overreach of government, but we're also seeing the weaponization of government. We saw the weaponization of the Department of Justice uh, over the last uh, few years, uh, using the Department of Justice and government as a weapon against uh, those that push back against the state. Uh, these are these are concerning times, to say the least, that we're living in when the United States government, this constitutional republic grounded in uh, founded upon Judeo-Christian worldview and principles and virtues are being used against uh, people uh, of faith and namely Christians that are speaking out and uh, refuse to have their conscience bound by the state. You know, you mentioned America as a whole is drifting more and more away from God, and people, uh, you know, and kind of morality is, is where we're having a moral uh, drift, as, as it was stated there. And then you say, uh, 
you know, we're getting punished. Christians are starting to become punished for what they believe in the standards of the Bible. You give some instances in there, like the situation going on in the Arizona schools and other places. Uh, so really, Christians are being targeted, especially Christian businesses. Uh, you lay that out in the in the video as well. There's a lot of good information in there. Why do you believe it's so important to kind of show us some of these businesses and stuff and kind of let us hear firsthand of how those people react when they're personally attacked? Well, I, I think the church has been guilty of a couple things. Uh, one, uh, we can, we're can we really good at complaining and really good at shaking the fist of the culture and not doing anything about it. Yeah. Uh, we're, also, we're also guilty of just talking about the theory, uh, the principles of religious liberty, the principle of cultural engagement, uh, but without actually um, putting truth to action uh, and uh, really helping people see how this can be carried out in real life. And so one of the things our ministry has always done so well, um, and, and we continue to do through uh, projects and specials like Intolerant, uh, we want to we show North American Christians uh, this actually can happen. Uh, we can actually stand up and be bold and courageous, and um, these businesses are prevailing. Uh, these businesses that refuse uh, to go along with um, state or community mandates that are anti-Christian are standing up for their faith, standing up for what they believe in the public square and the marketplace, and they're winning. Uh, so we want to give people everywhere, ordinary Christians uh, in the public square and in the marketplace, we want to give them proof that when you stand up uh, and you stand up for what is right, uh, these are real-life cases and real-life testimonies of ordinary men and women uh, that are winning, they're prevailing uh, in the court of law, and so uh, we're, we're praying that this brings real encouragement, that this can be done. We're not just going to sit around and complain about the culture, and we're not just going to sit around and talk about cultural engagement. Uh, we're we're going to show how this is actually playing, it, playing out uh, in real life, and uh, Christians that are willing to take a stand. Uh, there are ministries and organizations and nonprofits, as we list back in the book, Stealing Freedom, that will come to your defense and uh, help you uh, not be bound, uh, help your conscience not be bound uh, by the state, uh, but allow your freedom of conscience to be carried out, even in your place of work. Well, you tell us in the video not to lose hope, to have faith that we can make a difference, and you remind us that religious uh, liberty is the bedrock of directing America's decision-making in the past and still can be in the future. I'm glad for what you do there at your ministry because you kind of call us back to our beginning sometimes and have the, uh, you know, the proof there and showing your different documentaries and the information you've gathered and, hey, this really is true. What you're hearing in schools is not always this, the truth that they're saying that America was this kind of a nation, but here's what Americans were nation really was like, and here's what the people actually said. Yeah, the founders uh, made no bones about it. They didn't call it a. They did not call America a perfect union. They called it a more perfect union. They understood that it had blemishes and failures. I, I think the founders and uh, religious leaders and pol religious political leaders throughout history have acknowledged uh, the the shortcomings and the failures of America. Nobody has no, nobody's ever claimed that America is a perfect nation, uh, but it has been a nation that has exalted uh, in its past uh, a perfect creator. It is been a nation that has acknowledged the importance of God's perfect word, 
uh, and it has been upon the idea that there is a creator, there is a sovereign king in the heavens uh, that has given us a word, a blueprint for how a society and a people can flourish, his word, uh, the very word of God. Uh, when those things are exalted and people have the freedom to believe in that God and to carry out the principles found in his word in public life, uh, the founders understood that that society will flourish. And America has flourished. It has been a beacon of hope uh, to those living in this nation and a beacon of hope to other nations in this world. And uh, we want to do our part here at D. James Kennedy Ministries to make sure that that freedom doesn't go away completely, uh, that, we, uh, that we still have opportunity to fight, uh, to stand up for what is true, uh, to once again uh, believe that America can be that shining city on a hill. And so, again, before we leave here, tell us how we can uh, contact your ministry uh, to find out more about these DVD series like Intolerant, the book Stealing Freedom, and others that you put out as well. Yep, super easy. Go to djameskennedy.org. You can find all of our resources at our website. You can also look us up on all of our uh, social media platforms, uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And also you can find us on our YouTube channel. Just type in djameskennedy.org to find all of our resources, all of our messages, and anything that you believe that you will need uh, to help you fight the good fight uh, to bring your faith into the public square in this cultural moment. Well, Pastor Robert Pacienza, thank you for being one of those that's in there in the fight and helping lead the way there at D. James Kennedy Ministries and Coral Ridge Church there. Thank you so much for being with us today on Crosspoint. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, folks, great interview today. Folks, that ministry is a great ministry down there in Florida. They touch so many lives all around the world. They do it because they stay on the secure book of all the books they put out and videos. They stay on the Solid Rock Foundation the book of my other hand, the Holy Bible. The Bible is exactly what we need in a day in which we live. It's the inspired words of God. It's never outdated. It shows you how to get through life. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. So be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week and allow God to use you for his purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNAO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, the Osho, Missouri 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at kneo.org. Are you walking in everything God has for you? Hi, I'm Pastor Gary Culp, and I'd like to invite you to check out the Exceedingly Abundant Ministries podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network. This 30-minute weekly Bible study will give you time to grow spiritually and get to know God and His Word on a deeper level. God has more in store for you than you ever realized. Listen to Exceedingly Abundant Ministries today and learn about how God can do more with your life than you ever imagined.
Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.